Hello again and welcome to the Fantasy Sultans. And we have reached the finish line for the 23-22 season. It's 23. I'm aware of that fact. Super Bowl coming up in a couple of days. We'll give you our Super Bowl picks. The Hall of Famer Mike Sheck is with me. I am Trip Rogers. And as always, we look back at the fantasy season with some regret, some sadness, but um, in our case, no championships. And 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 that that's a tough one. Mm, yeah, that's a tough one. We didn't win any championships. I mean, it was you know we are the Sultans. They're not. I mean, you know we're not walking the walk, and we're not talking the talk. We did make the playoffs though. Well, yes, we did. And I and I have to say, I think this is one of our better seasons that we had in the past couple of years. It's been it's been rough uh, for me past couple of years, but I, I think you know, hey, look, our draft strategy that we go into, I think, is always solid. It's just that some of the picks work out and some of them don't. But like I said, mm-hmm. this year to make the playoffs in the Sultans League is an accomplishment. Of course, we didn't win a championship, but and that's always the goal to win a championship. But hey, we'll take it. I mean, you know, playoffs, well, playoffs. Yeah, 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 I knew you were going to go there. But well, the idea is you have to be in the playoffs in order to have a chance. And that's yeah. what you strive for every year. Now, listen. There are 32 teams in the NFL. Only one of them is Super Bowl champ. There are 31 other people who are striving for next year. So, I mean, that's 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 the, way, the name of the nature of the beast. But again, we know, you know not everybody wins every year in, in no. fantasy. And fantasy, again, there's some luck involved. And, you know, as usual, as we wrap up for the year, we'll talk about our fantasy gold, our fantasy mold. We'll talk about lessons learned, which is an important thing. We'll also do an early top three, way too early top three. And uh, we'll also give our Super Bowl predictions. But first of all, Mike, obviously, we've got to talk about the offseason has started for 30 of the 32 teams. And there have been some interesting moves already. And uh, there are some who have shut themselves away for four days of darkness <laughs> to decide what they're going to do. Um, so <laughs> um. <laughs> let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about where, you know, what the headlines are going to be in regards to fantasy. And obviously you got to start with the quarterbacks because that's where you've seen most of the headlines made the year before last last year and they will be this year and we have to start with tom brady retiring yet again on february 1st i mean is this like groundhog day (laughs) (laughs) you babe is playing in the background i mean i just don't know but um you know i think do you think brady is done you know I wasn't surprised because we we've talked about it and this isn't the first time we've talked about him possibly retiring. I just think, you know, he's going to, he's going to take a year off from television and something tells me that I don't know that he's done. I mean, I didn't really honestly think that he was done. I thought a move to the Raiders would have made the most sense because of Josh McDaniels and the connection there there was a possibility with Sean Payton moving in as head coach. He may have landed in Carolina if Sean Payton went there. Of course, now Sean Payton's going to Denver and Russell Wilson's going to be the guy there. I, I, you know, that that's without a doubt. Uh, you got the San Francisco quarterback situation, which we will be talking about. 
uh, when we talk about the quarterbacks. So I think there's a that, that was interesting. That was last week's uh, stories. If I wrote a script based on last week, I would tell you that those are the three teams that we could be looking at potentially Brady going to. But now that he's announced that he's retiring and he says he's done for good, but I don't know. I think the door has been left open. If the right moment comes in, who's to say that he doesn't come back and play? Or maybe he takes the season off and maybe comes back the following year. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to say that this guy's going to play till he's in his 50s, but you know, the way that he's played in the past, he he hasn't regressed too much. I mean, it's been the past two years have been a little bit difficult, but I think the coaching situation has been rough in Tampa Bay, especially this year with Todd Bowles. I just don't think those two are on the same page. All right. There's two things I want to point out here. Number one, Brady did not say he's done for good last year. He said he's done for good this year. The problem is if he does come back, if he does come back, he's going to there are going to be repercussions on this. You remember he came back last year and what were the repercussions? Oh yeah. He lost his wife. He, a 13 right. year wife has divorced him. All right. When I saw that video, I was just struck by how gaunt Tom Brady looked this year took a lot out of him, And, and that was the thing I had said to a couple of people. I said, what's his reason for coming back? He wants to win in the Super Bowl. Okay. He's not winning it with that team. He's not winning with that team. No. And when he left during training camp for 10 days, you're like, there was like, what? Tom Brady leaving training camp? Tom Brady, ultra-focused guy? So I, I think this is a different Tom Brady. I think the Fox thing is hanging over his head, but I don't think it's the ultimate motivator. I think Brady, if he wants to do it, will do well with it. But it's funny because you're hearing a lot of the the pundits now say, you know, Brady might be smart to maybe, you know, be the number two guy for a year, work his way up. You know, listen, Troy Aikman was not the number one guy right off the bat. Troy Aikman worked for a couple of years and then worked in a three-man booth before he took over. And the other part of this whole thing, though, you're right, Tom Brady can still play while you know, he, he wasn't, you know, the, the top quarterback. No. He's still he's still not bad. He's still Tom Brady. But the problem was that team in Tampa Bay was awful. And the other part, I, I think it's kind of funny that, you know, as soon as the season ended, you know, uh, Todd, uh, or excuse me, uh, Byron Leftwich got canned, which leads me to believe there were some rumors the last two years there were issues with Tom Brady and 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 Byron Leftwich, and as much as Byron Left Byron Leftwich was lauded when they won the Super Bowl two years ago, you know he's now taken the heat and he got canned, and I am somewhat surprised Bulls did not get canned because I'm sorry we were in the New York area we saw this for three years with the Jets it was terrible he's a he's not a he's not a good head coach. I mean, let's be realistic here. We'll see what happens. And again, Tampa Bay could be a landing spot for a prime quarterback, be it a trade or be it a free agent signing. You know, that's a team that somebody could go to and they've got, they they had a lot of key injuries. 
Offensive line needs some help. Running game needs help. I mean, Tom Brady was the only thing keeping them afloat. I mean, realistically, that was it. And you talked about quarterbacks, Mike. I mean, let's let's be realistic here. Derek Carr gone going from Las Vegas. He's going somewhere. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, between Jimmy Car- Jimmy Garoppolo, I think goes. Uh, uh, the number one pick belongs to the Chicago Bears. Do the Bears say, okay, we've had enough of Justin Fields, a quarterback of tomorrow, and start over with another quarterback of tomorrow um, with this year's draft and your number one pick? You know, there's a lot of intrigue here. You know, you have the New York Jets who, let's face it, the the Zach Wilson show, I think that's done. Yeah. Um, The Carolina Panthers are looking for someone. A quarterback. Um, are you sold? Are you in Miami? Are you sold on Tua? They're saying they are, but Tua, you know, I, I just I don't know if they can go into the season. And you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, actually, and Kansas City too. You know, granted, you have superstar quarterbacks in Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, but both those teams have adequate backups. And when I say adequate. Then get the Chad Henney, let's face it, came in in the playoff game and kept the ship right until Mahomes came back in. And Gardner Minshew, well, he's he's not, he's not, you know, Minshew mania of a couple of years ago, but he's still, you know, he, he kept the Eagles in games. So I, I think you have to look at that. And in the NFL, you have to have two decent quarterbacks. Just look at the Giants last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, last year meaning, you know, 2021, not 2022. But anyhow, and 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 let's throw in, listen, let's throw in Daniel Jones. I mean, it's not a done deal. Is Daniel Jones worth $40 million? You know, in Dallas, Dak Prescott, at what point do you say, you know, um, we've had this quarterback here. You know, when is the finger pointed at him? And 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 that's another quarterback. I think quarterback is the marquee position. Yeah. A lot of teams are looking for him. Um, I, I think it's going to be very interesting in this offseason to see this. Again, the Aaron Rodgers thing, I think they want to move on to Jordan Love. I think they're they're gonna they're gonna do that. I think Aaron Rodgers is gone. Just a question of where he goes. Derek Carr. And again, these quarterback dominoes are going to fall and you will see that uh, the coaching dominoes pretty much are done. Uh, you have the co- the coaches, although, um, you know, there's still some teams looking, but of the coaching hires, Mike, real quick, in terms of fantasy, which one really kind of uh, is the one you're going to look at? I think it's got to be Sean Payton because, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's an offensive coordinator genius And I think he's got to fix Russell Wilson because, you know, there were some major issues going into last season. I think a lot of it had to do with uh, the the coaching staff there. And, uh, you know, Denver just struggled. And we're going to talk about this when we get to our fantasy golden mold. But Denver just struggled mightily with the offensive line and their playmakers. They just couldn't get it done. So, I mean, in terms of the coaching, that's probably the biggest one to watch. And then in Carolina, I mean, Frank Reich, you know, here's a guy who took Carson Wentz and developed him into that Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Now, Wentz got injured before the Super Bowl happened, but he he led that magical season for the Eagles, and he was behind that as the offensive coordinator for the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
you know, I think Reich is going to be looking for that type of quarterback. Would not surprise me if the Panthers go ahead and, and draft a quarterback, maybe even move up for a quarterback, someone like a Bryce Young, maybe a Will Levitt or even Anthony Richardson. But I, I'm thinking more, more the Bryce Young situation. But, you know, again, they're going to have to move all the way up the board to, to make that move. And, you know, again, that's a possibility. Or do they go the route and they go at a veteran quarterback? And, uh, you know, that's a that's another big question. But, you know, that's in terms of the fantasy perspective. You know, you were talking about quarterbacks. Now, we talked about Aaron Rodgers really quick. But, you know, I think that he may land if he does not retire. He may land in, in, uh, in New York with the Jets because there was talks about him being traded to an AFC team. And I think if you, you know, put some things together there, I think that makes the most sense for him to go there. I know you were talking about Derek Carr possibly going to the Jets, and that's another possibility. But Aaron Rodgers, let's not leave him out. And don't leave out what's on the table in Baltimore because they are $100 million apart from Lamar Jackson. They and, are and way I, off on a deal there. So and, that and could Mike, be happening I, soon. And, and Mike, you know, it's funny you say that because I had almost forgotten I wanted to include Lamar Jackson in my fantasy mold this year because fantasy owners were so let down by him because this is a guy who was probably drafted top three quarterbacks in the top three of, uh, of your draft. Now, I'm not saying top three players overall, but and he basically sat out the last month and a half. And they kept saying, oh, yeah, it's going to be a couple of weeks. He's going to be back, you know, blah, blah. But again, I kind of wonder, did Lamar Jackson say, uh, you know, you're not going to pay me. I'm, I'm not going to come back. I'm not going to risk injury. and I'm not going to do this. And I think that that hurt a lot of fantasy owners. I think it hurt Lamar Jackson's uh, standing with his teammates. I think Baltimore may be ready to move on with him. If, well, they moved again, on from Greg Roman, the offensive well, coordinator. Yeah, yeah, but but I'm just saying, I again, and you bring up one of the guys who we want to talk about. All right, let's move into our fantasy gold and fantasy mold. How about I start off with the uh, fantasy gold this year? You know, listen, I have I have nailed this guy. I have really had some problems with him over the last couple of years. I, I tried to run and avoid picking him in drafts. But let's give a shout-out to Christian McCaffrey. On both yes. coasts. Yeah. He, oh, was, yeah. he was excellent in Carolina. And then yep. when Carolina made the move to get rid of their coach and, 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 and you know, they, they, they can their coach and they traded Christian McCaffrey, who was their, you know, he was their guy. They got rid of him, traded him to San Francisco. And this guy did everything for San Francisco that was asked of him and then some. And again, I think the overriding image of Christian McCaffrey was the fact that when the 49ers ran out of quarterbacks in that championship game, they were fitting his helmet with a, with a receiver so he could play quarterback. He'd do the wildcat. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, definitely fantasy gold this year. If you drafted him, you were pay dividends were paid. He was great this year. And my other fantasy gold I'm going to go with is Travis Kelsey. Now you may say to yourself, well, he was the top tight end of the year. Yeah, but there's top tight end and then there's, well, Travis Kelsey level. Yeah. And yeah. Travis Kelsey scored over 150 points, almost 150 points more than his nearest tight end. Okay. 
Think about that. Divide that by a 14-game season, and I'm going to do that. And the quick math, that's 10-plus more points a game. Really, this guy was out of this world. He was, and he definitely deserves the term fantasy gold. Mike, who you got? A great value pick, New England uh, Patriots running back, Ramondre Stevenson. Trip, we called this one going in at the beginning of the season. Stevenson was spectacular for New England's running game. 210 rush attempts, 1,400 yards from scrimmage and five touchdowns. It's worth noting that Stevenson was far more effective than Damian Harris, who's set to be a free agent in the offseason. So Stevenson could be in line for a bump in usage next season. Next, we're going to go with wide receiver Tyreek Hill of Miami. Now, this guy's always good. We got him in a draft at a pretty good value pick in in, uh, mid to late second round. So, uh, you know, I think when he was going off the board early first round or later in the first round, uh, definitely a guy that we uh, hit gold at. Uh, He led the uh, Dolphins in all receiving categories, but his output was limited at the end of the season due to Skylar Thompson's ineffectiveness. Miami, listen, Miami was a revolving door of signal callers. You know, you had Tua, then they moved on to Teddy Bridgewater, Skylar Thompson, but Hill still managed to rack up a career high in catches, a career high in targets and receiving yards, 1,700, eight touchdowns. So, uh, I think for the Dolphins, they have to be pretty happy with him. And, you know, you talked about Tua. Are they ready to move on from him? What's the story? I said at the beginning of last season, if Tua's healthy, the Dolphins could be one of those sneaky good teams. Well, guess what? Tua wasn't healthy, and they still were kind of like a sneaky good team. They did make the playoffs. So uh, imagine if only Tua was in the lineup. They could have been a lot better. So I definitely think that, again, Tyreek Hill, moving on, we, we question how he would do in Miami. Well, he was good. Well, he was more than good. He was great. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the thing was, you also said, you know, Kansas City would take a big hit because Tyreek Hill wasn't in the lineup. Um, hmm, let's see. Big hit Kansas City took. Uh, they're in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so so <laughs> that was a big hit they took. Uh, you, you know, I, I, again, um, I, I think you're right. Uh, Miami has got the pieces, and I think they could be a team next year. But again, the thing that's scary is Tua's concussion history. It re- You really have to wonder if, if he, because I, I think back, and, and I'm trying to, now I think it was Wayne Krebet, for the Jets and Al Toon, two wide receivers who were forced from the game early because of concussions. And I, I remember them. I think Krebet still has a lot of issues um, after his, his concussion history. Um, and another one uh, that, that has had some issues is uh, Julian Edelman. You know, and Edelman, of course, uh, has retired now. But you, you got to wonder. You know, is it okay for his long-term health? Because that that Thursday night game was scary. That was scary, and 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 somebody dropped the ball in the NFL. But that's for another day. Mike, who you got for fantasy mold? 
Well, I already alluded to it. It has to be Russell Wilson in Denver. His season got off to a poor start. On top of that, he dealt with a hamstring injury suffered in week seven. 16 touchdowns, 11 interceptions on the season. That number, I'll tell you, looks a lot better on paper than it looked throughout the season because the Broncos struggled mightily. Two pieces of good news, though. The season ended on a more positive note for Wilson. Three of those 16 touchdowns coming in one game. And then, of course, Denver moving on from Nathaniel Hackett, acquiring Sean Payton. He will be working to craft that offense to highlight more of Wilson's strengths. So I think Payton's going to attempt to break Wilson of his 2022 bad habits. Hey, one other now, thing real quick. Wait, one other thing real quick yeah. I wanted to throw in there. Remember, Denver also had a revolving door in terms of running backs. They had a lot yeah. of injuries Devante this year. Williams, yeah. And they had a lot of injuries this year, and and that was and Melvin Gordon they got rid of halfway through. I mean, or Melvin Gordon, you know, I just where I'm going with this is you can't sit there and blame Wilson totally, but the problem was Nathaniel Hackett got was stuck with him, and Nathaniel Hackett did not. I, I think Nathaniel Hackett's inflexibility is what hurt Denver. Okay, next up on the uh, mold side. Yep, I will <laughs> I will go with anybody on the Rams not named Cooper <laughs> Cup. And you know what? I mean, even even we cannot even let Cooper Cup off the hook because he had that high ankle sprain that forced him to miss the later part of the season. Yeah. Yeah, you know, who who on the Rams performed? I mean, you have Cam Akers who struggled mightily. And you know what? Maybe this was expected because of the injury prior. Maybe he just wasn't ready to come back, but he did get going later on in the season. So fantasy owners who hung on to him and had the roster space to keep him may have benefited down the line in the playoffs because certainly he you got your money's worth from him then, not at the beginning of the season, though. Two big goose eggs. He struggled, and we saw flashes of good performances, and then it was like, where is he again? So, uh, you know, and then you got Tyler Higby, 72 receptions. 600 yards and three touchdowns, some decent performances from weeks two to five, but then he averaged four points per game over the next seven. Really had us thinking about his tight end relevance in 2022. It was so bad for the Rams, folks, that Sean McVay was close to retiring. And then he decided, well, I'm going to come back for another season. But uh, they also have to make a change at offensive coordinator too. Mike LaFleur from the Jets comes over there to hope to make the offense a little bit better. But, uh, you know, I, I know you have a mold player that with the Rams and yeah, that would be yeah. Matthew uh, Stafford, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. The Well, listen, you talk about Super Bowl hangover. I mean, that was a monster hangover. This was yeah. this was hangovers one, two, and three. Uh, <laughs> the only thing is they didn't change towns. Uh, I, the problem, with, <laughs> no the problem with the Rams is, yeah, that's true. Yes, there's no Mike Tyson. Yeah, right. Uh, the problem with the Rams was, again, they won the Super Bowl, but everybody underperformed, as you said. But I think quarterback-wise, Matthew Stafford, because we had said early on, we thought he was going to have a decent year. We thought he'd be okay. We thought the Rams were going to be okay. We didn't think they'd be as bad as they were. But the other part of the problem is you had um, a team, you know, I, I think, you know, Von Miller left and Von Miller went to Buffalo. And I don't, th and there was no OBJ. And I think maybe their contributions were overlooked last year 
when they won the Super Bowl. And I, I, I again, I think that was something that really made a difference this year. But again, as the Rams, you know, you were defending Super Bowl champions. You know, there's a Super Bowl hangover. There's a reason why you don't have teams repeating. The last team to repeat as Super Bowl champions was the New England Patriots. And that was under Tom Brady. So, you know, and, and we'll even point to the Chiefs because the Chiefs went to two Super Bowls. They won the first. They lost the second one to Tom Brady. Uh, but I, do you understand where I'm going with this? I think yeah. that what happened to Los Angeles is not, you know, that far removed. But at least you'd like to think they'd make the playoffs. But also in that West, you know, th that was a very competitive division. You know, again, Seattle was surprisingly good with Geno Smith. Uh, the Rams or the 49ers were good. You know, they got off to a, a good start. Um, I, 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 and the, the only the Arizona Cardinals were just awful, just god awful there. Um, but again, I think that's that's part of it because the the NFC West was was competitive, and 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 the Rams they showed flashes, but again, Super Bowl hangover, you could say. All right, how about we go to my Super? Well, we we already talked about one, Matthew Stafford. The other bust I want to mention, and this this one hurts me personally, Jonathan Taylor. He was, and you mentioned Frank Reich and the fact that Reich is now in Carolina. I don't think it was Frank Reich's fault that Indianapolis was so awful this year. A lot of injuries. Um, I think they thought that uh, Matt Ryan would come in there and do do a job. And I I, I just think the owner the owner made some mistakes. Um, I I think Jeff Saturday. Uh, I, I get it. I understand it. But Frank Wright shouldn't have been fired. You know, Frank Wright, you hired him a couple of years ago. I bet he was the second choice because if you remember, Josh McDaniel was going to take that job and then said, no, I'm not going to. And Frank Wright got it kind of as a as a um, um, uh, consolation prize, shall we say. I think Wright lost management's respect with the uh, whole Carson Wentz debacle. And I think that was part of it, too. There were a lot of high expectations in Indianapolis. Uh, Jim Irsay, yeah, I uh, wonder where he's going. Uh, we wonder, you know, what the direction of the franchise is. But uh, Jonathan Taylor is certainly disappointing this year. And, of course, um, you know, he was taken number one or number two in 99% of the drafts. Uh, lack of a quality line. Uh, quarterback play just doomed him to just an awful year. And, of course, an injury-shortened year because they shut him down. There was no sense. I mean, Indianapolis just was was just was was off, was god-awful. I, I think it's kind of funny. You know, if if they ask you, they ask your, your team to do the in-season um, hard knocks, run. Run as fast as you can. <laughs> Don't do it. I mean, last year it was the Colts. They were yeah. awful, and this year was the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, my God. And, and you know, there's another team that just, oh, absolutely underperformed. I just, you know, unreal, unreal how bad it was. And it, and it cost Cliff Kingsbury his job. Uh, so, you know, there you go. I mean, uh, that, that, that's, let's face it. All right. Lessons learned, Mike. What would you learn this year? Not to listen well, to I me, right? <laughs> you know, I still say that aggressiveness is uh, key in a draft. Um, like I said at the beginning of our podcast, I think we had one of the better seasons in a while. But 
being aggressive starts at drafting a quarterback. Now, the consensus going into drafts, running backs and wide receivers early, hold off on a quarterback. And if you follow that strategy, you knew you were not taking Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, those tier one type players. Although, who would have thought last season or going into last season, Jalen Hurts would have been a tier one player. But that's a tier one player that I'm talking about. Those players that are going to give you at least 25 points per game. They might get you 30, 30 plus. Tier two players can consistently give you anywhere between 18 and let's say 22 points per game. Maybe a little bit more. That's a good average. Then you drop down to the tier three. And those are the quarterbacks that are being drafted after round seven in most fantasy drafts. You'll maybe get 14, 16, 18 points on average. But you're talking about a difference between 7 and 14 points per game if you're taking a Tier 3 quarterback versus a Tier 1 quarterback. So, you know, and I know the the, the argument's always going to stand. You're taking a quarterback early or you want to take a tight end early, you know, like Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews. But you're also missing value play, you know, a running back or a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. But I don't know anymore. I mean, you know... You take a look at these stud performers. They're consistent year after year. Mahomes, Allen, uh, well, Hurts this year, and I think he's going to be good for a while. Burrow's even another quarterback that has been solid, and I know you picked him up at a midpoint of the draft, You know, maybe around six or seven. I forget totally when you picked him up, but it wasn't towards the end or where we look at, You know, sometimes we say, okay, maybe after nine or eight is where you take a quarterback. And, uh, you know, you got him at at a good spot. Dak Prescott was in a good spot, too. But, you know, again, I think being aggressive is one of those uh, things that you have to you have to look at. You don't sit back and let your competition uh, take or scoop up a player. You want to take that player. So I I think that's a that's a lesson learned. Um, I think another lesson learned is, you know, we get stuck with the idea that no matter where a good player is. Wherever they end up, they're going to be talented. And that is not always the case because take Russell Wilson, for example. Here, you know, I've talked about fantasy mold. Uh, All those years in Seattle equal greatness in Denver. Uh, No, not last year it didn't. It may in the future with Sean Payton, but now or last year it did not. So, I mean, you know, just because, uh, uh, you know, you get the case like, you know, Tyree Kill. Now he moves from Kansas City to Miami had success there and that was to be expected. But there's also the flip side to where not always the case and the players do not perform up to uh, expectations. I think one of the biggest lessons I learned this year, and you, you know, you talked about this, but, but again, it's a lesson learned. And I really think you've got to be smart in terms of your draft. And and I, I said this because and, and you go to the Joe Burrow example. Joe Burrow's bye week was week ten, and so when I dra- when we drafted, I didn't take I didn't take a, a a second quarterback, and the reason was just simply because well, listen, at some point in the season, somebody's going to come out of nowhere. I mean, Brock Purdy came from somewhere, and you could probably pick up a quarterback for one week. And Burrow started off badly. I'll admit that. But yet Burrow, you know, by the end of the season, he was playing as well as anybody. And so I think that that's something that you have to you have to factor in. I think the other thing is, you know, you have to also really 
go your first your first four picks unless there's an injury these are guys who should be starting every week for you you should not be sitting there going well do i start him do i start him do i do this do i do that only if there's an injury or if there's a situation where one guy is outperforming another guy do you make a switch but that's your money team the first four picks are your money that's why you don't take a kicker you don't take a defense again travis kelsey tight end yeah after that i don't know if you'd want to take a tight end in the first four and the other thing about tight ends too unless your name is travis kelsey you're not going to score a lot of points with a tight end george kittle had up and down weeks and was injured you know travis kelsey was very consistent but there weren't a lot of those you know they're more like dallas goddard um who else give me give me a give me another tight end uh um that comes to the top here kyle pitts although kyle pitts did not have a yeah he, no he did not no but do you see what i'm saying um you, you're gonna score your most points out of your quarterback your running backs and your wide receivers so you want to try and get you know, some combination of those five. I think that was the lesson I learned this year really is, 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 and, and the other part of it is, and I've heard this from so many people, if you have multiple teams and you're trying to figure out, you know, Oh, you know, who's this, who do I start? Listen, make your life easier. Draft the same players on all three teams. I'm telling you it works. I had Joe Burrow, both teams this year. Didn't have to worry about quarterback. I knew what I was doing. Whereas if you have one quarterback that has a bye week of seven and you have another quarterback that has a bye week of 10, it's just, it, it, it's so confusing. And some people just uh, overthinking. Does that sound logical here? Yeah. Overthinking. Yeah. I mean, that's the way you do it. You try and stick to certain guys and certain players. And and that that that's that's the key to success. I think those are the two biggest lessons we've learned. Hey, listen, we're we're burning time here, buddy. Um, quick, the top midnight three. oil. <laughs> I know we're burning midnight oil. Uh, midnight oil. Yeah, beds are burning. Uh, nineteen eighty eight. Give me give me uh, give me top three in fantasy right now. Well, it's got to be number one for me, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, is this really a debate here? Back in August, split decision between Jonathan Taylor and him as uh, the one and two drafted backs. And we know who won that argument. Has to be McCaffrey. Over 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns, promising season that started off in Carolina and even got better in San Francisco. Not to mention he played every single game for the first time since 2019. You know what? The 49ers defense was really good. And you know what? There was only one running back who rushed more than 100 yards from scrimmage in a game against them. Who was it? Christian McCaffrey when he was in Carolina. There so that's go. how good he was. Yeah. Number two, got to be Justin Jefferson of Minnesota. We were all over him last year. I yep. think the guru, our, our buddy, John Hansen, he had it right too. 1,800 yards, um, eight touchdowns, averaging 106 yards per game, 30 or more fantasy points in six games. He was a fantasy stud. Now he enters the final season of his rookie contract looking for the steady improvement that he's shown over the last three seasons, 1,400 in season one. 1600 in season two, 1800 in season three. I think it only gets better for him. 
as uh, he uh, could be doing a little bit more of the gritty next year. Three, <laughs> Austin Eckler for the Los Angeles Chargers. 204 carries, 915 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Like Jefferson, he will also be in his final year of the contract with the Chargers. Undoubtedly, he will serve as the team's lead back. And you have a new offensive uh, coordinator in Los Angeles. Kellen Moore comes over from Dallas. What's concerning, though, about Eckler, he still has the lack of involvement as a pass catcher. Mm-hmm. Four or fewer targets in the final five games of the season. That is something to watch. And you know what? For me, a very close third, running back Saquon Barkley in New York and Jamar Chase in Cincinnati. Both had very good seasons. Bounce back season. Talk about McCaffrey with the injury. Well, same thing with Saquon. He came back. We questioned it. We questioned McCaffrey whether those two would do well. Well, they proved it last year, and I think moving forward in New York, or uh, you know, that that's got to be big on uh, New York's plate. W- what to do with Saquon and Daniel Jones? Well, I think the problem, I, I, and just real quick uh, to mention it, uh, being the resident Giants fan, I, I think you're going to you're going to sign one of them. And you're going to give a franchise tag to the other. Problem is, is Daniel Jones worth a contract of $40 million? That's the going rate for quarterbacks. I don't know about that. Is Saquon Barkley worth a contract? I I think he is. I think he proved it. Unfortunately, though, Saquon disappeared at times. Now, again, you can point, again, part of the problem was the the Giants still overachieved this year. Uh, They really did. Um, but I just don't know. And I'm not sure if I'm sold on Saquon. And again, he's one of the guys I did make a deal for Saquon and he paid dividends as time went on in, in, in the, in fact, it was in the Sultan's league or uh, yeah, it was the Sultan. No, it was the, um, it was in the Best Buy league. I, I made the deal for, uh, Saquon and it paid off in the long run, but again, you know, okay. One year does not a career make. And it'll be interesting to see what what indeed happens. Okay, my top three, um, I can't argue with you, although I think I would go just to Jefferson number one. And I say this because I think he's on a huge upswing. And and he's a guy that Minnesota can bring. Minnesota was a house of cards, okay? They were not as good as their record, but they weren't terrible either. They deserved to be in the playoffs. But Jefferson Jefferson was was awesome. And Mr. Gritty, I think, deserves. So I think he, he'd go number one. I think Christian McCaffrey would be number two. And the reason why I say I, I, I'm leery of that, though, is because of his injury history. You know, okay, he's played one year. Yay, okay, great. Okay, let's see what happens next year. You know, I'm, I'm just saying that. Number three, I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. And again, Travis Kelsey separated himself. He's that good. And if you have him, he's worth money. And again, the other part of it is he was the number one receiver for Kansas City, and they still couldn't stop him. You double team the guy, still can't stop him. That's what I think. And and Patrick Mahomes is, you know, like I said, a, a generational guy. But I think I'll put him in as number three. Um, I think we've covered everything, Mike, except one little thing. There's this big game coming up on yeah. you know, February 12th. Super Bowl. Um, I will give you. I, I, I think we had said, if I'm not mistaken, we had said the Bills would be in the championship game, and I said, and I, and I, I think we said the Chiefs. I think we agreed on the Bills and the Chiefs in the championship, and I thought we said San Francisco. I think we said the Eagles too. Yeah, I, we I did. Think the Eagles. Yeah, yeah we, we did. Say, the Eagles. Yeah. So 
You have the Eagles, you have the Chiefs. Here's my thoughts. I think the Chiefs are a much better team than I, I think they've shown. I don't think the Eagles, I think the Eagles were playing a Giants team that was not that good uh, I, I, compared to them, of course. And I don't think, they didn't knock my socks off. The 49ers had no quarterbacks. You know, they, 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 were, they were done. They were done as soon as Purdy went down. So I don't, I, I don't think the Eagles, the Eagles are okay, but they've not been good the last six weeks, I want to say, eight weeks. Kansas City, though, I mean, that defense is, is tough. Kansas City did the job they had to, and Cincinnati had a lot riding on that game. And Patrick Mahomes, even injured, played well. I think the Chiefs win their second Super Bowl in, uh, again, this is the third time they have been there in the last four years. I think the Chiefs win this game. I'll go 27-21. I'm going to go with a a field goal deciding this one, and I think it's the Chiefs that win it as well. But, you know, I think... When you take a look at the Eagles, if they want to have a shot at it, and I'm not saying that they're this is going to be a blowout by any means. This is going to be a close game. I said it's going to come down to a field goal, and I just think that it's going to be depend upon the Eagles' success. Remember, what, what happened in the Super Bowl when they played Brady? They got to Brady. They put the pressure on in that final drive where yeah. Brady was driving down the field. They couldn't do anything. And then they pulled all the tricks out of the bag. You had the Philly Philly special, of course, with Doug Peterson. But, uh, you know, they're going to have to get to Mahomes. And Mahomes is injured, but he's had two weeks to kind of deal with that high ankle sprain. And, of course, I mean, he played. Uh, you know, was looking a little bit dicey in the divisional round. And then, of course, it looked better against Cincinnati. But Cincinnati also put the pressure on him. And he was still, you know, at times he was, you could definitely tell that he had he's injured with that, with that uh, ankle. But I think that's the key for the Eagles. They're going to have to get to Mahomes and they're going to have to force the turnovers. But I just think the Chiefs offense is just too good. Now, I don't doubt, uh, Jalen Hurts' performance, he's been spectacular for the Eagles this season, and so is that offense. But I just think that, you know, when you take a look at coaching and experience, you got Andy Reid, who's been on the sideline for many of years, and uh, his experience in the big game. Of course, this is Patrick Mahomes being in the big game uh, now three three of the last four years. So, again, like I said, I think it's going to be the, uh, the Chiefs that win by uh, a field goal. And, uh, you know, speaking of the Eagles, a lot of challenges, whether they win or lose the Super Bowl, they're going to be faced with finding a way to retain most of their free agents. And that's going to be difficult because Philly has a lot of good players. You have James Bradbury, Jason Hargrave, CJ Gardner, Johnson, Miles Sanders, Fletcher Cox, Isaiah Simlo, and of course, Marcus Epps. And not to mention all of these guys, it's going to be difficult to keep them around. And then you've got Jalen Hurts with his performance, and he's going to be coming into a contract season sooner mm-hmm. or later, and mm-hmm. they're going to have to be shelling out the bucks for him. So uh, I just think it's a major challenge for the Eagles GM to kind of figure out the situation. I don't think this team has the same championship squad next season. They're going to have to figure it out. They better have a good accountant on the books because they're going to have to figure it out well. 
And that is going to wrap up the Fantasy Sultans for this edition. Uh, this is our final edition for the 22 football season. Now we'll take a couple. We'll take a couple months off. Obviously, the off season will uh, progress. We'll come back probably in April, just before the NFL draft. We'll talk yeah. about the off season. We'll talk about what's happening. Get you set up for the draft. Of course, we'd love to hear your comments and questions. Please feel free to email us fantasysultans at gmail.com. Also, give a listen to my other podcast, Trips Take. We talk talk about life in general uh, and it's available in the same spots you find this fine podcast anchor apple google spotify iheart and other podcasters like the music of the 60s 70s and 80s listen to wtrsradio.com online until next time for the hall of famer mike check i'm trip rogers thank you for joining us on the fantasy sultans and remember we're helping you win your league we do it we give of ourselves mm-hmm. we are the Fantasy Sultans. And you are not.